Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Track. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. This is day 953 of our trek and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on with this trek that we call life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer questions that you might like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to ask dad or Gramps questions about many areas of life. Today is our eighth episode in a series delving into what makes each of us respond differently to the life situations and circumstances. Understanding ourselves and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This empathy can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. If you missed any of the past seven Friday series, I would recommend going back and listening to them or read the wisdom journals. As a review, the tool that we refer to as an Enneagram is a circle with nine interconnected points. Ennea refers to nine and Gram refers to a drawing. Check out today's or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. I have also included in today's wisdom journal a copy of the Enneagram at a Glance, which was compiled by Suzanne H. Eller. If you'd like a PDF copy, click on the link in today's Wisdom Journal located on our website at wisdom-trek.com. I would also recommend a book called The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabell. It is an excellent book about the Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. In the first seven episodes, we explored how the Enneagram system worked and then presented an overview of, of all nine personality types. On today's trek, we will dive deeper into type number one, which is referred to as the reformer or the perfectionist. Next week, we will continue with type number two, the helper. Since we are exploring this tool in detail, I would also recommend reading the wisdom journal for each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is, keep in mind though, it is still only a tool and it cannot replace nor usurp the precepts that are found in God's word. All decisions and actions that we make in life must be in harmony with God's precepts. So the question for the next several months will be, Hey Gramps, why do people act or react to situations and circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom and better understanding of myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So the title for today's segment is The Enneagram System, Type Number 1, The Reformer. Type number one is referred to as the reformer or the perfectionist. And a person of this type is the rational, idealistic type. They're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Ones are also conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of what was right and wrong. They are the teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, always striving to improve things, but afraid of making a mistake. They are generally well-organized, orderly, and fastidious and they try to maintain high standards, but can slip into being critical of themselves and others and are perfectionistic. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience, but at their best they are wise, discerning, realistic, and noble. 
and they can be morally heroic. Their basic fear is of being corrupt or evil in some way defective. Their basic desire is to be good, to have integrity, to be well-balanced. An Enneagram 1 with a 9-wing is the idealist. An Enneagram 1 with a 2-wing is the advocate. Some of the key motivators are they want to be right, to strive higher and improve everything, to be consistent with their ideals, to justify themselves, and to be beyond criticism so as not to be condemned by anyone. The meanings of the errors for personality type 1. When moving in the direction of disintegration or stress, methodical 1s suddenly become moody and irrational like unhealthy 4s. However, when they are moving in the direction of their integration or growth, even angry and critical 1s become more spontaneous and joyful like healthy 7s. So let's look at a type 1 overview. We have named personality type 1 as the reformer because ones have a sense of mission, which leads them to want to improve the world in various ways, using whatever degree of influence that they may have. They strive to overcome adversity, particularly moral adversity, so that the human spirit can shine through and make a difference. They strive after higher values, even at the cost of great personal sacrifice. History is full of ones who have left comfortable lives to do something extraordinary because they felt that something higher was calling them. During the Second World War, Raoul Wallenberg left a comfortable middle-class life to work for the protection of the thousands of European Jews from the invading Nazis. In India, Gandhi left behind a wife and family and a life as a successful lawyer to become an itinerant advocate of Indian independence and nonviolent social changes. Joan of Arc left her village in France to restore the throne to the Dauphin and expel the English from their country. The idealism of each of these ones has inspired millions. Ones are people of practical action. They wish to be useful in the best sense of the word. At some level of consciousness, they feel that they have a mission to fulfill in life, even if it's only to try their best to reduce the disorder they see in their environment. Although ones have a strong sense of purpose, they also typically feel that they have to justify their actions to themselves and often to others as well. This orientation causes ones to invest a lot of time thinking about the consequences of their actions, as well as about how to keep from acting contrary to their conviction. Because of this, ones often persuade themselves that, that they are the head types, rationalists who proceed only on logic and objective truth. But the real picture is something different. Ones are actually activists who are searching for acceptable rationale for what they feel that they must do. They are people of instinct and passion who use convictions and judgments to control and direct themselves and their actions. In an effort to stay true to their principles, ones resist being affected by their instinctional drives, consciously not giving it to them or expressing them too freely. The result is a personality type that has problems with repression, resistance, and aggression. They are usually seen by others as highly self-controlled, maybe even rigid, although this is not how ones experience themselves. It seems to them that they are sitting on a cauldron of passions and desires that they had better keep a lid on, lest they or everyone else around them might regret it. As a practical example, Cassandra is a therapist in a private practice who recalls the difficulty this cost her in her youth. And this is what she said. I remember in high school getting feedback that I had no feelings. 
but inside I felt my feelings intensely, and yet I just could not let them out intensely as I felt them. Even now, if I have a conflict with a friend and need to address an issue, I rehearse it ahead of time on how I might express clearly what I want, need, or observe, and yet in some way not being harsh or blaming my anger, which is often scathing. Ones believe that being strict with themselves and eventually becoming perfect will justify them in their own eyes and in the eyes of others. But by attempting to create this brand of perfection, they often create their own personal hell. Instead of agreeing with the statement in Genesis that God saw what he created and it was good, ones intensely feel that it wasn't all good. There's obviously some mistakes here. This orientation makes it difficult for them to trust their inner guidance, indeed, to trust life. So ones come to rely heavily on their superego, a learned voice from their childhood, to guide them toward a greater good, which they so passionately seek. When ones have gotten completely entranced in their personality, there is little room for distinction between them and this severe, unforgiving voice. Separating from it and seeing its genuine strengths and limitations is what growth for ones is all about. Now, a couple weeks ago, I talked about the levels of development. And in that, there are three primary categories, healthy levels, average levels, and unhealthy levels. And there's three components in each of those. So let's look at the ones and how they appear in each of those levels. Level number one, which is when ones are at their best, they become extraordinarily wise and discerning. By accepting what is, they become transcendentally realistic, knowing the best action to take for each moment. They become humane, inspiring, and hopeful, and in that they want the truth to be heard. Stepping down one is level two. Conscientious with a strong personal convictions, they have an intense sense of what is right and wrong. Personal religious and moral values. They wish to be rational, reasonable, self-disciplined, mature, and moderate in all things. Level three, extremely principled, always want to be fair, objective, and ethical, and that is truth and primary justice values. The sense of responsibility, personal integrity, and of having a higher purpose often makes them teachers and witnesses to the truth. Now let's go in the next category, which is the average levels. Starting with level four, they are dissatisfied with reality. They become high-minded idealists, feeling that it is up to them to improve everything. They become crusaders, advocates, critics, which gravitate to causes and explaining to others how things ought to be. Stepping to level five, they are afraid of making mistakes. Everything must be consistent with their ideals. They become orderly and well-organized, but impersonal, puritanical, emotionally constricted, rigidly keeping their feelings and impulses in check. They often become workaholics, anal compulsives, punctual, pedantic, and fastidious. Next to level six, they can become highly critical both of themselves and others. They become picky, judgmental, perfectionistic in all things, very opinionated about everything, correcting people and badgering them to do the right thing. Of course, that is as they see it. They become impatient, never satisfied with anything unless it is done according to their prescriptions. They become moralizing, scolding, abrasive, and indignantly angry. And then the lower segment, which are the unhealthy levels. Level 7, they can become highly dogmatic, 
self-righteous, intolerant, and inflexible. They begin dealing with absolutes, that they alone know what is the truth. Everyone else is wrong. They become very severe in their judgments while rationalizing their own actions. Then they descend to level 8, as they become obsessive about imperfections and the wrongdoings of others, although they may fall into contradictory actions. They become hypocritical, doing the opposite of what they preach. And to the lowest level, level 9, they become condemnatory toward others. They become punitive and cruel to rid themselves of wrongdoings. They may suffer severe depressions, nervous breakdowns, and suicidal attempts are likely. This generally corresponds with obstructive, compulsive, and depressive personality disorders. So now we move on to the personal growth recommendations for Enneagram Type 1s. If you find that you're a Type 1, you need to learn to relax, take time for yourself, without feeling that everything is up to you, and that what you do not accomplish will result in chaos and disaster. Be mercifully. The salvation of the world does not depend on you alone, even though it may sometimes feel that it does. You have a lot to teach others, and you're probably a good teacher, but do not expect others to change immediately. What is obvious to you may not be obvious to them, especially if they're not used to being self-disciplined and objective about themselves as you are about yourself. Many people also want to do what is right and may agree with you in principle, but for various reasons simply cannot change right away. The fact that others do not change immediately, according to your prescriptions, does not mean that they will not change sometime in the future. Your words and above all your example may do more good to realize that although it may take longer than you expect, which means that you must have patience. It is easy for you to work yourself up into a lather about wrongdoings of others, and it may be sometimes true that they are wrong, but what is that to you? Your irritation with them will do nothing to help them see another way of being. In a similar manner, be aware of the constant irritation with your own shortcomings. Does your own harsh self-criticism really help you to improve? Or does it simply make you tense, nervous, and self-doubting? Learn to recognize the attacks of your superego and how they undermine rather than to help you. It is important that you get in touch with your feelings particularly your unconscious impulses. You may find that you are uneasy with your emotions and your sexual and aggressive impulses. In short, that is with the messy human things that make us human. It might be beneficial to keep a journal or to get into some type of group therapy or other group work and to see that others will not condemn you for having human needs and limitations. If you are a type 1, your Achilles heel is your own self-righteous anger. You get angry easily and are offended by what seems to you to be a perverse refusal of others to do the right thing, as you have defined it. Try to step back and see that your anger alienates people so that they cannot hear many of the good things that you have to say. Further, your own repressed anger may well be giving you an ulcer or high blood pressure and may be a harbinger of even worse things to come health-wise. And that's an awful lot to cover for a type 1 and that will conclude our focus of personality type 1, which is the reformer or the perfectionist. A word of encouragement for those of you who are in Enneagram type 1 from God's Word. First, keep in mind that you will never be perfect on this side of eternity. Do your best, but allow for God's grace. As 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 tells us, 
Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. So join us next Friday as we will explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramps episode. We will specifically next week explore the depths of the Enneagram number two, which is the helper. The information that we explore will allow you to unlock who you are as we travel on this trek of life and discover more about yourself and others as you impact God's kingdom each day. I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living a rich and satisfying life. Our next trek is Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on those most important areas of life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 952 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. As we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.